one quick thought. I hope that you are inspired right now, because I'm inspired. I'm inspired by the Bible study I've been doing and I want to share with you today. When I was growing up, there was in my town a church, it seemed, on every corner. I didn't go to church. I believed in God and then I eventually became agnostic and then I went back to believing in God. I think I'm probably like a lot of people. And there may be many of you watching who just don't believe any of it and think it's all fantasy, and that's okay. But I hope today to do something that I didn't have done for me at the time when I was growing up and seeing churches on every corner, which is understand what God is doing and what church has to do with it. Now there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter three. It's in verse 10, I wanna read it for you. His intent, that's talking about God, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What's it saying? It's saying that the church has a purpose. If you read the easy reading version, as opposed to the NIV that I just read, they actually use and translate the word purpose. The point is that the church has a purpose. And a lot of the time, none of us know what that purpose is. There's been a decline in church attendance, a disinterest. Maybe you're someone who believes in God but doesn't believe in organized religion. Totally get that. Believes in God, but doesn't believe in going to church. Totally get that. But sometimes, if you're like me, when I was starting to discover God, I didn't understand that church had a purpose. I didn't understand that it wasn't just about getting together with Christians, that it was about changing the world. And when Jesus lived, Jesus was about changing the world. And believe it or not, the Bible says that the whole point is the church is supposed to be Jesus. Jesus died on a cross for our sins, was buried in a tomb. But three days later, he was raised by God from the dead. And God did all this to bring good news. No matter what sins we have in our life, no matter what failings we have in our life, no matter what mistakes we have in our life, no matter how much guilt we may carry for any of those things, whether it be real guilt or false guilt, where we haven't actually done something wrong, but we feel like we've done something wrong. He died to cleanse our conscience completely. And when he did that, that was the beginning, not the end. And a lot of times people don't understand, Jesus was beginning something, he wasn't ending something. What he ended was our separation from God. But what he began was the church. And so I want to help you be as excited about church as you are about your favorite sports team. I love the Michigan Wolverines. Go blue. And they can fill their football stadium with over 100,000 people. Usually they have the largest attendance of anyone. And I often watch the games with great enthusiasm, but I wonder why aren't people that enthusiastic about church? I live in a town with one of the great sports organizations in existence today, the Golden State Warriors. And they fill their stadium and they have some of the most entertaining, unselfish basketball you'll ever see. But when I see the enthusiasm of that crowd, I ask myself the question, well, why don't people feel that way about church? I love Bruce Springsteen. And if you watch Bruce Springsteen concert, people that are in other countries whose language is not English will be singing his songs and singing exactly where they ought to sing it when he does a call and response between the audience. Again, I ask myself the question, how can people be so enthusiastic about Bruce Springsteen but they don't feel that way about church? Maybe you're a little younger and you like The Weeknd or perhaps you like Taylor Swift and you're like, Hey, I recognize exactly what you're talking about. Maybe you like J. Cole and you're going, I know exactly what you're talking about. In those concerts, people are so enthusiastic, involved. They pay tons of money to get in and they love it. Why isn't every church like that? And were there ever times where churches were like that? 
Well, yes, Jesus began it, and the New Testament church, the church of the first century, did it. And they did it in about 30 years. They changed the world. And so what I want to talk about today, and we'll have a series on this, is how Jesus changed the world. Understanding Jesus and the New Testament church that he has called every Christian to build. It's not our denomination that should take priority. It's not our local church that should take priority. What should take priority is the church that Jesus wanted us to build. And if you look at the scriptures and you make that your model, which is what I think we all should do, whether you're in a small town and there's just six of you meet at a house, or you're in a huge church where 6,000 of you meet, it's imperative upon us if we want to stop the decline of people going to church, to remind ourselves of what the Bible says the church ought to be. And in 30 years, the church in the Bible changed every nation, changed every person in the entire world. That's the kind of quick thought we need 